You can meet and hear Mark and Molly Hemingway, Robert George, Brian Wolfmiller, Jack Phillips, Larry Rast, and Will Whedon at the 2021 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference. Making the Case is Friday, July 23rd and Saturday, July 24th at Concordia University, Chicago. Registration is $150. Learn more at issuesetc.org or call 618-223-8385. Making the Case, July 23rd and 24th in Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is a question of fairness. That's why I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girl sports in school. It just isn't fair. Take these masks off of my child. 266,000 jobs in April. It hadn't been adjusted again yet, but that's what it says, 266. And listening to commentators today, <laughs> as I was getting dressed, you might think that we should be disappointed. Disappointment. I'm disappointed a lot these days over a lot of things. <laughs> There's, there's plenty of things to be disappointed about <laughs> on this day and age. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm disappointed in the way this country's headed. I'm disappointed that the president of the United States thinks that 266 jobs or 66,000 jobs created is good when we're expecting a million. Well, and so. remember his, his comment kind of leading up to that. Well, this is, this is a big deal. This is a pandemic, you know, once in a lifetime, um, you know, this, we were we were expecting it to be worse, and here we are. Basically, everything he can do to push blame uh, off to his predecessor, essentially. Well, how's he how's he going to do that when in the previous administration we were at three percent unemployment and one of the best economies we've ever had, and the only reason why it tanked was because of this global pandemic, which now I saw that even the CDC is saying they over um, they overstated the importance of casual dining outside. So, you know, they just they basically wrecked small businesses just for the for the joy well, of it. And a lot of us who were quote mask deniers, we knew this. We knew it was a whole bunch of baloney. And the irony is even after they've come out and said this, you and I both know that we have friends, relatives, or whatever who are mask apologists, who mm-hmm. who are vaccine apologists. And, of course, you know, those are the people who still wear their masks no matter what. Even after they've been vaccinated? Yep. Even, even though it is the efficacy of these vaccines is incredible? We don't know much more about them, but we know that they apparently are working. So, because yeah. it's like not, it's like ninety nine point nine seven percent. I think I saw today of uh, people uh, coming in with uh, that have been vaccinated are being hospitalized with COVID. Something along, along those lines. It's not like if they've had the vaccine, it, the if you've had the vaccine, and you get COVID you still get COVID, then your chances of being hospitalized are way, way oh, yeah. less than if you Yeah, that was the case, right? Up in Brenham, there was a uh, old folks home, nursing home, right? Everyone got the vaccine. 
and then there's kind of this outbreak of COVID, but only one person went to the hospital for respiratory issues. And granted, look, if I was over 70, if I was like 75, I'd be first in line. Give me the, give me the shot. I'm not going to live long yeah. enough to see any effects. I'm not going to live long enough. If it kills me, who cares? I'm 75 years old. Exactly. That's why like, I had no problem with like my, my grandparents. They both got the mm-hmm. vaccine. My dad did. My mom did. They all got it. Um, my wife's mom, she got it as well. But she's a healthcare worker, so I think it was kind of like a you need to right. get this. Right. You know, not like Memorial Houston, where a Memorial Memorial Hermit in Houston, where they're like forcing people to get vaccines or else they're going to well, fire was, you. That was also um, Methodist Hospital. Oh, it's Methodist. That's what I was thinking. Right. That was My the bad. one where they said, "Oh, we support your freedom, and we support your freedom not to work here." <laughs> exactly. Basically, which I mean, whatever. Yeah, I mean, Texas is an at-will state, so they can fire you for whatever reason right. they want. Which, so, which I don't matter. I, I support that. You know, I yeah. think you shouldn't be coercing people. But granted, they already had the policy. Everyone who works for them mm-hmm. has to get the flu shot. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, but so I support not, those who who don't want to get this. Right. It, it's 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 all about choice. It's all about choice. And right. So we're in a pandemic. So we should just be happy with. 266,000 jobs being created in April, um, even though the pandemic is coming to an end because of the vaccine. Um, it's Trump's fault that COVID even happened. Indi- uh, banning travel to India is not racist unless uh, Trump does it. Right. Uh, what What else? I mean, the list goes on and on. These, these hundred and what, what were we at? 110 days, 111 days now that Biden's been in office and We've just seen things just go right down the crack. We have too many more to go before the next election. I'm, or before I'm he croaks and Harris it. takes over as that's what's worse. Could you imagine? Oh my gosh. I mean, I know Pelosi doesn't automatically become VP, but you have to imagine that she would appoint Pelosi as VG, as VP I don't know. It's going to be whatever Susan Rice tells her to do. Susan uh, Rice is yeah, pulling the sure. strings, being guided yeah, probably by Barack Obama and uh, George Soros. Ooh, yeah, I can remember so. when we told y'all we was into conspiracies. Yeah, we's into yeah. conspiracies. They're, they're coming out more and more <laughs> as as it, as this goes on. I'm telling you, they, the other conspiracy I have is that they're they're, they're pushing this. Uh, the fact that they keep on giving people money to stay at home um, on their butts and not do anything and not work is just being able to further their agenda, their socialist agenda. Because then if they get people used to just taking $600 a week to sit on their butts and do nothing, it's going to eventually cripple all of the uh, mom and pop shops, which then takes away competition for big big corporations, which are being controlled by the government right. anyways. When, so therefore, the government has full control over all of our because, goods. Because so. the government creates monopolies and then says, oh, no, there's a monopoly. We need to regulate it. Yes. And by their regulation means they take over all means of production. And if you do not think that there are monopolies because monopolies are illegal, then I am so sorry that you have been uh, cuckled into thinking that there are no monopolies in America. Because I'm telling you what, there's like, what, there's like probably like three companies that control each industry and they just trade back and forth. And since there's three, there's no, mono- there's no monopoly. Let's see. Uh, Amazon? Right is one, um, in in a lot of ways, any any social media 
is yeah. is a monopoly because yeah. because how many other apps exist like Instagram? Yeah. Well, and then as we saw a parlor, if you go against what Amazon thinks you should be doing, they'll just shut you right. down. And and, and now know? the new parlor is kind of shit. And so uh, it's not worth yeah. diving into. Right. Exactly. And, and then you, then you got Facebook, <laughs> you got Facebook bouncing things out to off, uh, offsite people to try and make the decisions for them. And so they say, Oh yeah, Trump can be banned for six months, but then bounce it back to Facebook. So Facebook has to make a decision on whether they're going to uh, indefinitely ban right. him or not. So that that one I go back and forth on, Stephen. I really do, because I I don't think it's right for them to to just uh, ban one side's viewpoint, right? But also they're a private entity, so they can do whatever they want to do. It's it's a fine line to walk. I think that that if you start censoring only one side, are you then I don't know. It, it, I think if you define yourself as a platform that anyone and everyone get on, you know, you're sharing your opinions, no problem. Well, then you kind of have to honor that. If yeah. you don't like what's happening, okay, fine. But then at least be honest. Be honest and say, look, this platform is only for like-minded people. Exactly. Which is what Parler did, and then they got shut down by Amazon Web Services, yep. so... Right. And you can't, you can't convince me. Here's another conspiracy theory. I believe hundred percent that the, that the liberal agenda is controlling uh, social media, such as Facebook, totally. and Twitter, Instagram, they're controlling them and they're telling them, Hey, look, if you don't listen to what we're doing, we'll just shut you down. Oh, completely. Totally. Um, because this is how communists work. All right. Well, this because... is, this is the era we're working in, right? It will no longer be government agents coming and knocking on your door to take your guns, take your children, whatever it'll happen by way of uh, businesses being able to dictate your life. Oh, you didn't get the COVID vaccine. I'm sorry. You're not allowed to order products from Amazon until you show proof you have the vaccine. Yeah. Right. That type of deal. Well, yeah, they're going to, they're going to shut down our as our president's favorite word is for anything and everything. Vice president as well, because childcare is it, but uh, infrastructure. They'll use infrastructure to um, to control oh, totally. us. So, so if you don't adhere to their their way of thinking, or you won't pay your taxes, or you won't do this, or you won't do that, then they'll just shut down water and gas and electricity mm-hmm. to your house until you comply. Mm-hmm. You know, so because because that's at least you know they don't have guns pulling pulling on you, but but what you choice know, do you, you have? Ha- exactly. And then that scares everybody around you to help you out, which is why they don't want you to be self-sustaining. They'd rather you be uh, dependent upon the government and everything that's around. Well, them. what's going to happen, right? As I see it now, right? So they had the hacking, they hacked into the pipeline, which I still mm-hmm. think is a con job just so they can push their green new deal, right? Calls a bunch of havoc with oil and gas price to go sky high, you know, for consumers, only the rich would be able to afford the gas. So then more people cry out to the government. Okay. And the government say, well, here's your solution. Here's your only option. Right. Yeah. Uh, the same, the same is going to happen with guns. They, they're never going to pass the legislation. that's going to collect guns. No, what they're going to do is they're going to try and tax you. 
and they're going to tax yeah. people like you and me out of our firearms because we won't be able to afford it. Mm -hmm. But the right. rich people will. Exactly. The rich people. Well, they, the reason why they don't want us to have guns is because they're scared of the fact that there's more guns in America than there are military members or police right. force. And the fact that the fact that the military and the police force are also gun owning citizens mm -hmm. who then would be like, no, this is unconstitutional. And so they have no way to confiscate the guns at that point. I mean, so far you only see a very small percentage of military personnel or, um, you know, police officers who, who would probably willingly go and do the job they've been told to do, even if it's wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think, I think they're trying more and more. And I think that's part of this defund the police thing. When you can start ripping away those people with integrity towards the constitution, all those freedoms that we hold to principles, we hold to then, then you start tearing down the, any opposition that you might have to try to enact right. your it, policies. It's just, it's just a way to federalize mm -hmm. everything. That's really what they, that's what they're aiming for is federalization of all things. Um, just like, just like the Biden administration trying to federalize whether or not you, um, whether or not you can ban uh, biological males from being in sports. You know, they try to do that with an executive order. And as we heard in our opening, we got, we got Bruce Jenner, right over right. here who is running for governor of uh, California under the Republican right. ballot and um, saying that he disagrees that um, he thinks it's a, a thing, a, a object of fairness, right. whether or not biological males should compete in women's sports, which I happen to agree with Bruce hundred percent right. on this. And, and for be and before any of y'all go completely crazy about us calling him Bruce, well, his given name is Bruce. His given sex is male, and and we kind of refuse to live by the lie that he is somehow now a female, or that his name is now Caitlin. Uh, I'm not going to indulge him in the delusion. You know, I, I do think he probably suffers greatly mentally, where you end up going down that road, and. I certainly pray for him, uh, as I do anyone who's who's struggling in that way. But you know, when we talk here about those people who make the claim or identify as trans, whatever you want to call it, um, yeah, we're not going to live by lies here, right? But just you don't always have to accept my accept my choices or adhere to my choices. So, I mean. He chose to identify as a woman, but I choose to identify him as what he was born as, and that's right. a man. What God created him to be. Right. Exactly. But isn't it interesting that as soon as as soon as he came out and said that he doesn't support uh, trans women uh, competing in women's sports, uh, that all of a sudden he's no friend to the trans right. community or the LGBTQ question mark plus right. community, right? I mean, George Takai, who is a very uh, outspoken uh, homosexual, and uh, he came out and was like, uh, he said, yeah, Caitlyn Jenner is no, no friend of the trans community. So as soon as one of their, their own goes against them, then they try to cancel them. 
And and this is the problem with that mindset. You know, we t- we've talked about cancel culture before. It will ultimately come for those who pushed it to begin with. And and this is a result. And with that, let's take a break. principles that we've been given by way of our faith, by way of, you know, teachings from parents, family, teachers, science, science. Yeah, really. You know, just like our buddy uh, DeSantis down there in Florida. Right. Listen, that man is doing everything and anything he can to build up his base for a presidential run in 2024. I'm telling you the way he's, the way he, the, the laws he's passing, the things he's doing in Florida, he's building a base for a presidential run. And I was reading an article the other day uh, that was talking about how the Democrats are trying very hard to make sure he doesn't get reelected as governor because that's how scared they are of him running for president. You know, when I think of of a great leader who handled the COVID situation, he's really up there at the top of my list. Oh, 100%. The The best part is all the people he protected are all people who, who are going to vote for him. Unlike, unlike his counterpart up there in New York, you know, that jack wagon, you know, sure, kill all the people. Well, who are you going to have left voting for you? Everyone's leaving New York. Yeah, everyone, yeah everyone's leaving New York. Everyone. And then... How does how does the man get away with having seven, eight sexual cases brought against him and the media just swept it under the rug, kind of like Hunter Biden's stuff? They just, you know, it was convenient to push it under the rug so no one knows. It's just misinformation. That's what well, the new term is, right? Right, right. Anything that contradicts the plan is misinformation. It's funny, right? You know, you get little snippets of Hunter Biden here and there, mainly on Tucker Carlson. But, but Hunter Biden, I would, I'd be willing to bet that a a sizable percentage of people who voted for Joe Biden don't even know he has a son named Hunter. Exactly. And that goes, <laughs> that goes back, that goes back to what we were talking about with like, with social media though, because as soon as that story came out about Hunter Biden and the laptop, they shut it down hard and called it dis- disinformation or misinformation, which disinformation would be something coming from a rival government, such as Russia and what the Democrats accused happening in the 2020. Uh, no, that's the one that just happened. I'm sorry, guys. The 2016 election. Right. Uh, misinformation is things that are actually false, but we're only shutting down misinformation quotation marks. Y'all can't see me doing them. Uh, quotation marks that go against the agenda of what the woke 
media wants mm-hmm. to happen. And that's that's something interesting. The media itself, like CNN, MSNBC, um, whatever, what have you, whoever you want to choose, NPR, whoever you want to choose, um, they're threatened by social media, and that's why they're putting such a like a, a hammer on it and putting a, a hold on it because social media allows for other uh, allows people to get news from their news feed and from other places that um, are giving real information, not just biased information. And it still may be biased because like Daily Wire is very conservatively biased, but you're getting more you're getting different information than what you're being told from CNN, you know, or MSNBC or wherever you wherever else you go to get your news from right you know it's uh it is funny though how how certain stories appear one day and are never mentioned right you know we see it every day here in houston right uh if if there's a scuffle with law enforcement and a white male it's not news Mm -hmm. uh if there is you know, a number of things, you know, I, I just bring that one up because it's probably one of the most prevalent things in our society right now. This, this pushing of this idea that, that if your melanin level is of such a, you know, it lacks, right? If you lack melanin, you obviously hate those who have more of it. Right. Right. <laughs> Thinking of that um, brings me brings me two points of mind uh, is the video of the guy filming the police officers. And I think it's in Minnesota um, or it might've been Ohio. I can't remember where it was, but uh, the guy is like, what are you going to do? Shoot me like Micaiah goes, we going to do draw and stab someone. I was just like, well, I mean, the officer's got a point there. <laughs> like he's like, he's like, how dare you? How, this is going to go viral. And it did go viral because the guy who was filming gets an idiot. Or what about the fact that we haven't really heard much about the um, lady in um, the lady in California who was pulled over by a Hispanic officer? Oh yes, talking that her, was yeah oh. talking on her phone or because she was using her phone, which is illegal to do in California while you're driving, and then calls him a murderer. Says that she was scared for her life, that he was harassing her. And he was just trying to give her a ticket. And she's like, give me your supervisor. He goes, I've already called him. He's on the way. Calls him a murderer the entire time. This officer keeps his cool the entire time. Right? And then as he gives her the ticket, he she says to him, I know all you want to be is white. You'll just always be Mexican. And you'll never be white. And I know you just want to be. That's all you ever want to be. And you'll never be it. I was like, well, okay. That's ridiculous i can't believe that that we're calling the the officers you know systematic racist when the people he's dealing with right there is racist and not to bring race or ethnicity into it but uh the woman who was pulled over had a darker melanin level than the hispanic officer who pulled her over well it, it it's turning if if you want to say there's systemic racism one way. Well, the last couple of years have proven that it's now a two way street. It, it is. really is. It really is. You know, for her to make the, make the comment, you know, you're just, uh, you're, you'll always be Hispanic. You'll never be white. I don't no, know. No. The... She, she said Mexican. So first off, I don't know how she knew he was Mexican. 
Well, well you, you, there's, I mean, it is California though, so that is a safe assumption. It is a safe assumption. But, I mean, what, <laughs> what, what if he's Venezuelan or what if he's Colombian? Right. What you know, like I'm just saying. Right. But but this idea that you're going to combat racism by using racism is, you know, two negatives. What we know, talk in this case you know don't equal a positive right it, it we, doesn't or it doesn't make things better you don't move forward and there's no progress no there's not there's no progress it, it's ridiculous and just like you know we're talking about stories that that like just make blips and then go away what about the fact that like you know we're all about stop asian hate but we're not talking about the fact that most of the uh most of the times when Asians are assaulted people of you know that ethnicity are assaulted that it's by people African Americans not not white people like it but we're not talking about that we just want to focus on stop Asian hate and I'm like my my favorite is the commercial that they have running that there were x number in New York City alone I'm thinking put two and two together what type of people live in New York City <laughs> The type of people who vote for de Blasio and Joe Biden. Right. Exactly. I just, so if you're going to say, I mean, come on. Right. Exactly. The people who have been most hateful to Asian Americans or to any peoples of Asian descent, whether they be Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Indian, mm. are going to be those Filipino. liberals. Mm -hmm. Filipinos are going to be the liberals who run our colleges and who, and who run all these things because... Most people I've ever come across who are of an Asian descent of a variety of different countries, they tend to have a very good work ethic. That's the thing. We I know we make, there have been jokes made, uh, especially on Family Guy and things like that, about like, about Asian people being smarter. It's not just that. It's that they work their tails off to be, so they can be good at whatever they're doing. And that's just a work ethic thing. And right. then we have our Congress voting down bills that keeps colleges from discriminating against Asians yep. who make it into college because yep. they are disproportionately the highest in their class because right. they work their asses off in school. Right. You know, and, and they're well-rounded because they play music. They, they, they uh, are in the top like AP classes or whatever your your higher higher uh, classes are in those schools, and they, they focus in on school and stuff like that while going to learn more about their um, their their uh, their background and their culture and everything too. It's you just... know, I would also I'd also be curious to know this, and I'm sure it's out there. I probably have to go research it, and maybe I will before the next episode. I would venture to say in in those communities of of those of Asian descent, you know, I would venture to say that a majority of them come from homes with both parents. Right. I was just thinking the same thing. I wonder how many have um intact families, you know, like have mom and dads. Mm -hmm. Uh and but coming from Fort Bend County, where uh, we served in our last parish, uh, we had in our preschool, it was 
it was pretty much like 25, 25, 25, 25. And the, um, was that five or four? Either way, it was split equally um, between like white, Asian, black, and Hispanic. Like it was mm-hmm. split equally between that. And in a lot of the like the the Indian families and even the Chinese family homes, the mom and dads were there. But not only that, grandparents lived at home with them as well. Sure, so culturally, right? You yeah, know, they kind of so have the, this. They have a respect, mm-hmm. and they care for their elders. Right. right. So they had they had they had multiple generations living in there, and so which probably led to more discipline in those houses. Right. Mm-hmm. And not discipline like getting weapons, but like discipline in the sense that like let's make sure you're you're on the right track you know you're on the right Right. track. this is this is what you do you know there a lot of and a lot of those who you might have been dealing with how many of them are first generation yeah oh a lot their their families immigrated this country and they had to work hard to do it you know they couldn't just walk in across the border you know willy-nilly and get all the government funding right so they came here with probably very little money they got a job, got their visas, did whatever. They've worked their tail off. They now have a family, and they're going to pass on those principles to their children so that their children have every opportunity to gain, quote, the American dream. Yes, yes. They they, they worked for the American dream as opposed to waiting for it to be handed out to them. Because right. guess what? Most of those people who have come from those countries – have dealt with socialism and communism in its finest forms and said, we don't want that. We'd much rather have a constitutional Republic where we have freedom. Right. So here they right. are where girls can be educated. Right. Exactly. Well, where you're allowed to have girls, <laughs> right. Right. As much as China wants to try and say they don't have the one child rule anymore, you know, they have the one child rule. They are suffering from the effects of that. Yes. Because all these men can't get laid. Exactly. That's what it boils down to. <laughs> there's not enough women. I saw that fact. Um, I saw that statistic. Even in India, there's more men than there are women in India. And so, therefore, it, you know, I, I'm no expert on science, but it takes a male and a female to make a baby. Um, contrary to what some of our... Uh, people in Congress like to think with our birthing peoples, as oh. as Ted Cruz liked to say, empirically speaking, it's pretty hard to have a child without a uterus. <laughs> I cracked up. Did you did that. you wish did you wish your wife a happy birthing person's day? Uh, yes, Sunday. I did. Yes, I did. I said, I said happy birthing person's day. Um, yeah, I even said it in a church when I made announcements. Good for you. I, I'm just kidding. Oh man, that would have been great. Could you, I would have been, been, I'd been tarred and feathered. Come on. I'm at a church in the well, South. Well, right. But I mean, most of those people know you. Right. You could have made that in jest. Maybe that's something for like a voters meeting or something. Or exactly. Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, that type voters of meeting studying. Or, yeah. But this idea, the, 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 the irony, right? So we earlier we were talking about the whole trans thing and now this. For, for a society that is so woke... And a lot of these principles built on early feminism, there is an active war against women. Oh, they would claim they would claim that you and I, because of the beliefs we hold, would be against women. But we're not. 
Yeah, we're trying. Have... We're trying to hold them up. Yes, and yet we have. I we have more respect for women than I feel like most people do. Yeah, like, right. Because because we want to hold them to a higher a higher standard. We want to. I I, I don't want to say elevate, but we do, and we we want to not take advantage of them in any way, and right. yet. Yet we are the sexist because of that, because because we hold to the traditional roles. Exactly, right? It, it's it's unbelievable. You know, and you know what, Stephen? We say we hold to the traditional roles, you know, have whatever. But both our wives work. Both our wives oh, have sure. jobs. Like they're not barefoot. Exactly. They're not barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Like that's right. not that's not what we mean by traditional roles. You right. know, and, but, but that's what that's what they think. That's what people like think that we we protestant males think of our women that we just want to be barefoot pregnant in the kitchen you know right get home and have dinner on the table for me no if i spoke like that to my wife i wouldn't be on here right now no you'd be sitting outside with Bo. right exactly (laughs) and well you know and in my case um i i'd never have dinner on the table i'm the cook right you know there's no living on love you'll starve yeah but but the fact is we we do hold to traditional roles as my my wife is a woman. She does women things. I want her to do women things, just as she expects me to do man things. Yes, you know, right. And I, I'm and I'm not saying that. I don't want people to hear me say like I don't think that that like girls can't play t ball or girls can't play like. Things oh, like I, I don't think at all. Like, let them do all that. Like they can, but when you get to puberty, that's when things separate. Well, it's you know, and, you know, we used to have this idea, right? And we'll talk about women. You know, um, tomboys. Yeah, I knew tomboys growing up, but it's just because they weren't really so akin to always playing with Barbie dolls. They wanted to play sports. Cool. All right, let's play a little sport. Play a little kickball. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. But as they got older, you know, they they obviously recognize they're different physically in a lot of other ways from us guys. And they didn't they didn't question that. Right. They didn't question, you know, why their body was changing differently. Mm-hmm. And all of us and, and they didn't think of themselves as there's something being wrong. Right. Now we you know, you have these parents who, who I honestly believe are committing abuse when their six-year-old daughter wants to play with, you know, in sports, doesn't want to play with Barbie dolls or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, then you must be a boy. Exactly. You know what? If that's the it's case. It's criminal. It is. And the, if that's the case, then every little boy who ever put his mom's high heels on and walked around in them should have taken hormone blockers. Right. Right? Like, because, you know. Like the other day, my three year old was like, I want to be a truck. So, what am I going to go like turn him into a truck? I don't understand. Like, I, you know, like, why don't they, you take him down there to the, to, to the, uh, you know, to the auto shop and, and get them all tuned up? Exactly. I was just like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, it's just, it's ridiculous. And then, but we, we have told, like, we have a, t- we have to talk all the time about like what the difference between boys and girls are. Not all the time, but when he brings it up. We have a different, we have a talk about that. And like, sometimes it's to our detriment because he'll yell things like penis as you're walking into stores, but, but still he knows the difference between a boy and a girl, you know, it's just, a, 
and he knows the difference in the roles too, you know? And, right. And I don't think he's going to turn out to be some, you know, sexist misogynist or anything like that. No, but at least well, he'll know how to, he'll know the differences. He knows that out on the playground, you might get into fisticuffs with another boy, but you will never, ever take the swing to a girl. Exactly. Exactly. You never, not because, girls. not because they're weaker. Not because they're less than, but because we respect them enough. Uh, not because to, to, not to not to 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 fight them or like to take them take them on in that way because it's it, it, you know. And for you and I as Christians, a lot of this really comes from the idea that it was a woman chosen to bear the Savior of the world. You know, all women shall be called blessed because that was the instrument which God used for the Savior of the world to come into our flesh. Yes. And and so all women should be given respect mm-hmm. and dignity, mm-hmm. and that's why we hold a door open for them, mm-hmm. not because I don't think they're capable of doing it. Right. Um, but yeah. it, again, in our society now... To do things like that is to be demeaning, yeah. And to to want to protect the integrity of of the woman by saying, you know, maybe a trans woman who is biologically a male ought not be boxing in the same class as the women. Yes, because yes, and we've seen that because there's an MMA fighter who identifies as female or yeah, identifies as female. It's not in the UFC because Dana White would not allow that to happen, but no, there's, um, there's a MMA fighter who identifies as female who has broken several women's like jaws and, and like, like crush them. Yeah. Because he's male and they are female and we are built completely different. Yep. That's how it works. So, uh, just, I'm sorry. Biology and science speaks to that. One yeah. has XY chromosomes, one has an XX chromosome. That's just how it is. But but here we are, sitting in 2021, and everything's upside down. Yes. Well, let's take a break. People try to put us to death. Just because we get around. I love a lot about Sundays, and what I am looking forward to most about this upcoming Sunday, it is New Member Sunday at Memorial. Oh, nice. And it will be our first barbecue in over a year. 
Oh man, I know what you're doing Saturday then. I am excited because right. it will be brisket, ribs, chicken, sausage, all the people's bringing side dishes, potluck. That sounds great. Oh, is uh some of the people from um some of the people bringing some of their like uh, home dishes and stuff like that? Like oh yeah, okay, oh, oh yeah, goodness. man, I wish I could make one of those potlucks. Man, oh. it was all that food. Oh. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Beer should be a plenty. Ooh, you know, yeah, it, it, it's going to be a great Sunday. Yes. Speaking of beer, what are you drinking tonight, sir? So it's, you know, it's kind of in the middle of the week here. Yeah. And a little different from our normal setting. So I just pulled from the uh, collection here. I have a Yangling. Oh, nice. Yeah. Just a little longer, a little something. Something very nice. It's funny. We had our board meetings last night and we, we go to a bar afterwards. Uh, they've had, I don't know, for the past six months now, seven, eight months, they're slowly creeping back in, getting more things on tap where they kind of had a little smaller list because of COVID mm-hmm. numbers of people going in. Well, now it's getting big. Well, so I walk in there and I see on the tap wall, the uh, the ram for the Iinger the Doppelbach. And yeah. I'm thinking, all right, celebrator, heck yeah. So I say, give me the celebrator. She pours it, and she and I both look at each other, <laughs> and we're thinking, there's no way that's a Doppelbach. Yeah, I could see through that thing clear as day. <laughs> no, <laughs> it turned out to be some, uh, not a Kolsch. It was, I don't know, some other German ale whatever it was fine and all but it was kind of a letdown i was really hoping for a doppelbach you really wanted a doppelbach yeah uh, what do you got i've got a uh riverfront low tide by port orleans it's a lager but it's very malty and very sweet almost like um i just blanked like a wheat beer um a hefeweizen oh. almost like a hefeweizen it's, I mean, normally was, hefes aren't malting. Right? Like, they're more they're more weedy. Yeah, it, but it's like got that sweet flavor to it. You know? Huh? Yeah. It's it was, it was not what I was expecting when it said lager. I uh, took a drink of it. I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. But Saturday, gnarly barley over in Hammond had Narfest, which was uh, their seven years of being open. That's and cool. They had some, and uh, it was awesome. One, the beer was great. Two. It felt like pre-COVID times because there were hundreds of people there, not a mask in sight, and live music, beer, food, and everybody's having a great time. Super it, spreader. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it was so it was so great. But I I drank several beers while I was there, and none of them disappointed. Uh, I probably my least favorite one was the. Uh, Face of your cerveza, which was a Mexican lager that they put out for Cinco de Mayo. No, but I'm just like, I mean, it was good. It was exactly what you expect from a Mexican cerveza. It just needed to be dressed up with some lime and salt. That's all. So See, that's that's why I'm a Negro Modelo guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, or or a Victoria. Yes. Oh, Victoria. That's taking it back. That's that's college days, Steven. Yeah. That's a that's a good one. Uh, but they had they had some good ones. They had some really good. Uh, uh, IPAs and stuff. I'm about to bring you if I can find a find it. It's like a it's a hazy IPA. It's called Planet Juice. And it's a new seasonal. 
it was it was really good, really really good. And then a uh, a mango margarita goza, and oh my gosh, that was like summer in a can. Those gozas are pr- are pretty delicious. They they are they're good. And then they had a lager that was called lager. <laughs> and my wife asked me, "What does it taste like?" And I said, "Man, my brother in law was there with us too, and we both looked at each other. Goes tastes like beer." Because it's exactly what it tastes like. A lager tastes like lager. Like it just tastes like a beer. I was like, yep. if you just want to drink beer, that's your beer. But it was it was very good. Anyways, it was good. If you have a chance to try gnarly barley, if you're in the in the uh, southeastern Louisiana or just Louisiana in general, and you can pick up some gnarly barley, I highly recommend it. They got some yeah. good stuff. They do that. They do. So, anyways, we said something about Jesus, but we got off on beer. That's okay. Jesus gave us beer. He did. Martin Luther said that himself. He said, "If God didn't love us, that He wouldn't give us beer." That's right. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Beer is the proof that God loves us, right? And that's why well, His first miracle is water to wine. You know, right? Yeah, uh, you know. And and had Jesus been German, I'm sure it would have been beer, right? You or know? if it had been the, a barbecue in the middle of Texas, definitely would have been beer, right? Well, it is. The last Sunday of the Easter season, right? Coming up, right? So we got Pentecost so, on the 23rd, right? So when y'all so, listen to this, Thursday, the day after you listen to this, will be Ascension Day, 40 days after the resurrection when Jesus departs from this earth, uh, in his at least visible to our eyes and what a lot of people think, but for those of us who understand the gifts that he grants to us by way of his Holy Supper. He is always present, both physically and spiritually, in that meal each week that we get to celebrate. Uh, there's, uh, but So this is the last Sunday of the Easter season before we get to Pentecost, Trinity, and then that whole you know, ordinary time where we'll have a lot of fun because you get a lot of different stories, a lot of different... Uh, angles that uh, scripture be presented by way of showing you Christ working throughout his ministry that kind of gets truncated up to this point. So we're in John chapter 17, and it's rather short, so I'll read the whole thing and then we'll kind of unpack it. This is part of the uh, high priestly prayer of Jesus it's prior to his ascension and really sets the uh, sets the stage for Pentecost, which will come the following week. So John chapter 17, begin with verse 11. Jesus said, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have joy fulfilled in themselves. That they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. That makes a little more sense. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they have not. they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not speak that you take the, I do not ask goodness I can't speak today 
I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. That's a very nice um, prayer for the what I call the ordination of the apostles. You know, they'd already been given as disciples, um, right? You know, Jesus talks to, you know, tells them, go out and do these things, mm-hmm. the miracles and everything. But this is, this is really some, this is an elev- an elevated thing here, you know, that he's granting them that the Holy Spirit yeah. would come up, descend upon them mm-hmm. and place on their hearts, ultimately place on their hearts to, to write down these things, you know, the spirit, just as the spirit guided all the prophets mm-hmm. before them, you know, Moses and all the, you know, who came before to, to write these things down. So now these men are charged with this task, you know, to, to uh, dictate these things, which they themselves have witnessed that you and I might, might know the great joy here. Right, and then even the the first reading for this Sunday is about is about Peter giving the Gentiles the good news. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you know, of course that's after Pentecost when Peter's preaching to the Gentiles, but um, it's just showing that Peter that Jesus gave him the orders, and Peter went out and did what he was what he was supposed to do. Right, right. He gives he goes out and he listens and says. And says, I know the world's going to hate me for it, but I'm going to go out and preach this word, this good word to everybody and anybody I can. You know, and while, you know, while Jesus is praying this and it, and it applies to the apostles, and by way, in, in many in many ways, applies to pastors, we have the comfort of knowing that the Christ intercedes for all of the faithful. Mm-hmm. You know, that though we might deal with wickedness in this world and hatred, which we see more and more of. Yes. Uh, I There are a lot of people who, for better or for worse, try and, and hold a standard by saying, well, you know, obviously we're not getting beheaded hmm. like they yeah. are in other parts of the world. And, and that is very true. But just this past week, up in our friends in the north, Canada. Yes. A pastor was arrested for holding, you know, service, breaking all the rules of COVID. Right. Well, even though, as far as I know, I don't believe Canada is, is seeing any sort of high rate of infections. Right. Well, this is what happens when, you know, you have a socialist type government. You know, this, this is the kind of things that happen. This is why this is why the First Amendment is so important. Definitely, but it's also why the Second Amendment is so important because the Second Amendment protects the First Amendment. For now, if it, for now, if it wasn't for those amendments, me and you wouldn't be able to get on here and spread the gospel, right? As we've been called to do, we wouldn't be able to hold church services as we do uh, in public in 
in front of people and with people knowing and public officials knowing what we're doing, unlike our brothers and sisters in China and Vietnam and North Korea and those places where they have to have church underground so that they can worship their Lord. You right. Know? Um, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if there are underground churches going on right now in Canada. Well, it's certainly, there is certainly reason to think that they're not far from that. Right. You know, I, I, I do worry that we may head into that time. I never thought it'd probably be in our lifetime. It may be, mm-hmm. it may not. There could be something that completely upends all of this. Right. It- how, however, how I, how I think of it is no matter what, I think we all, we should always be prepared because even Holy scripture says, be prepared the evil one seeking whom he may devour. Mm-hmm. Always be prepared to give an answer. Yes. Whether that answer means that you give your life. Yes. Well, where as if you are of the LCMS faith or um, denomination, however you want to say it, um, when you were confirmed, you promised that you would hold these this uh, this faith even unto death. Like That's you right. made a promise to God that you would do that. We don't take it lightly because it is such a precious gift that we've been given. And and we we do our best to to live out our lives displaying that. Obviously we fail, we're sinners. Yes. That's just life. Um, but we uh, we certainly need to be prepared and I think I think the time is coming. Mm-hmm. The the writings there on the wall. I think that it's going to get harder to be a Christian, a professing Christian in this country, in this, in this life. And I think Christians are going to be challenged because it's not going to be like it has been in the past. Right. The, the persecution will not come the same way. Yeah. Well, and gone are the days of the times where our parents grew up and our grandparents where Sunday mornings, everybody was in church. And if you weren't, then you were a vagrant. Like, like everybody was in church. Everybody, yeah. Gone are those days and those moralistic ideas um, that came along with it. Mm-hmm. We, are in, we are in a time now where we are seen as, we're seen as the bad guys. And the worldview is seen as the good guys. And we were warned that this would happen. He says it right there. It says, because of this, the world hates you because you're not of the world. Yeah, right here. And, yeah. You know, so, Jesus says, uh, I've given the word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Right. Because we're not. And that's what we have to remember. And we also have to remember that even if the government is persecuting us, even if our people around us are persecuting us, that our father in heaven is always going to be there for us, right? He's he's never going to forsake us. He's never going to leave us. Even though it may seem hard at times, that's not because of him leaving us. That's because of the sin that's in this world. Exactly. It's, you know, um, we just and have so, to, we just have to keep Job in mind, right? Right. <laughs> he suffered, he suffered greatly 
lost everything and yet still praised the Lord. Right. Bowed down mm-hmm. and gave thanks and praise to the Lord. Yes. Because no matter what evil may come our way, mm-hmm. Christ is risen He's and risen. he sits on high. You know, that's that's the that's the joy of celebrating his ascension and why it is so important to us Christians that not only is he raised from the dead, but he ascended yes. to the right hand of the Father mm-hmm. to prepare a place for us to reign over this world and to come back again. Exactly. And he did not leave us alone because he sent the Holy Spirit on Pentecost and as baptized uh, children of God, we have the Holy Spirit. That's right. He promised that he would send his helper, and he has. That's right. So. Well, close out this fun time. Of course, I got a hymn for us. Yes. And it is the hymn of the day in both lectionaries for this Sunday. And it is uh, a great... A great hymn uh, attributed to uh, St. Columbia, St. Columba, not Columbia, St. Columba, you know, you know, 521 to 597, you know, years they lived. So, so here it is. Christ is the world's redeemer, the lover of the pure, the font of heavenly wisdom, our trust and hope secure, the armor of his soldiers the Lord of earth and sky, our health while we are living, our life when we shall die. Christ has our hosts surrounded with clouds of martyrs bright who wave their palms in triumph and fire us for the fight. Then Christ the cross ascended to save a world undone and suffering for the sinful, our full redemption won. Down through the realm of darkness he strode in victory, and at the hour appointed he rose triumphantly. And now to heaven ascended he sits upon the throne, whence he had ne'er departed, his father's and his own. Christ reigns on high, no matter what we deal with in this life, whether it's transgender, sexual, transsexual, what you want to call it, whether it's a president who doesn't know up from down, left from right, and a job market that's not going well, whether it's, um, you know... Oil shortages. Oil, yeah, perceived oil shortages. Right, right. Persecution of our brothers and sisters in the Great White North. Yep. What have you. Yep. Tigers running around Houston. Things. That's like right. That. Yeah. We did have tiger. Still on the loose, I think. I think so as well. But that Christ Christ reigns on high. He reigns, He's at the right hand of the Father, and He is there preparing a place for us. So, thanks for joining us again. We'll talk to you next week. Go follow us on Instagram at lgbp underscore podcast. And if you listen to us on iTunes, please give us a five star review. It would be greatly appreciated. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>